Let me know when you're ready. <clears throat> I'm trying to get out of this. Okay, there we go. I can't believe today's the last day of November. That's wild. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. I'm ready. Meme reveal. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the mic picks up the claps because that would be. <laughs> I know. Okay. Um. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Blair, and I'm Kirsten, and we are. Mediocre, Mediocre content. content. And happy December, everybody. Happy December. December. Uh, remember. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's September, actually. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot that end in ember, to be fair. It's easy the to get a The 25th night of December. It's not even. It's <laughs> not. A, don't put me back to September. I don't want to start over. I said December. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> We should just change it for all the Ember months. Every time that you sing it, good. yeah, it's got the same beat. I think it Maybe? does. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They all have three syllables. Three syllables. No. Do you yeah, want to clap yeah. it out? Three- <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. September. <laughs> Some good stuff right there. I feel like I'm back in grade school. <laughs> oh my gosh. Clap it out. You know how noisy that lesson was? Oh my gosh. So noisy. You just have a bunch of like l- kids that want to make noise and they're clapping, but it's just clapping. Do you think well, they're doing some, I know some kids are off and it's yeah. just like a whole thing. They don't know. They're like September. <laughs> right. Like, no, it's it's three, Jimmy. It's three. Trace. Trace. <laughs> yeah, we said it in Spanish also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did not do that. <laughs> Do you, that would be great, though. It would be great. Start a language that that young in the States. Anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about school today. We're going to have a little bit of education and a little bit of history, I would say. But um, it's not going to be syllable. Syllables no. Studies. <clears throat> and it's also not going to be life advice or, or <laughs> anything that we could potentially be experts on. So nice segue. This is our disclaimer. If you haven't caught on already um so please don't take any of this seriously we're just goofing around having a fun happy time on the internet um but we encourage you to try and learn maybe one or two things and then you know further your search if you feel so inclined to do so but just learn one or two things you don't want to overwhelm yourself right yeah one or two things right yeah yeah just be just be you know gentle also when you said goofing around uh new boot goofing is the only thing that comes to mind and it makes me chuckle every <laughs> single time genuine ostrich three payments oh yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's forever my anthem when i put boots on <laughs> new boot goofing new boot goofing. i just want to love it that makes me want to go put boots on <laughs> i have boots on i have ugg boots on it's not right now though. yeah it's cold At- inside <laughs> yeah i i use my ugg boots as slippers because i don't oh. like wearing them in the outdoors oh outdoors oh wait it's indoors, indoors. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of references right off indoors. the bat indoors. Okay. <sighs> i think it's because we're both on the same wave today <laughs> yeah no we are yeah the wavelength is strong 
All right. Let me get into the good news before we segue any further. Please. Um, okay. So the first one is about sheep because we love sheep. sheep. And um, this particular sheep has been dubbed Britain's loneliest sheep. Oh. And has finally been rescued by five strapping farmhands after being <laughs> stuck on a, be- on a beach for two years. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fiona the sheep was first seen at the base of a cliff by a kayaker in Sutherland, Scotland. Oh. Um, hemmed in by sheer cliffs and frigid chromaty firth, which sounds like a Scottish way of saying like rocks. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there was enough fodder and water for her to survive to grow a huge fleece. So she's know. fluffy. Um, after several animal rescue organizations determined the was too complicated, a group of local farmers managed to haul the beast up the cliff. That's rude. Mm. Not, she's not a beast. <laughs> haul her. <laughs> <laughs> and though it went well, there was an unforeseen difficulty. <laughs> Sorry, I read ahead. <laughs> Fiona was very fat. And it's oh, not her fault. It's, it's not. not. Fault. She was all by herself. She was unshorn. Unshorn. <laughs> she was not sheared appropriately in her two years Ugh. on the beach. This poor baby. Also, leave it to a bunch of like, it, this is like, if the, if you told me that this was also in the United States, I'd believe it just as much. Like these oh, two, these like handful of farmers, like let's go get the sheep, and they just yeah. go on up and they get her. Yeah, of course. I think the ones in Scotland have a Scottish accent. Just putting that out there. Uh, um, uh, uh, let's go get the sheep. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and that an attempt at a Scottish <laughs> accent by someone who has no background in Scotland whatsoever. I don't even know if I'd call that an attempt. That's an insult right there. <laughs> Sorry, Scotland. Okay, so whatever else she was doing on the isolated pebble beach, she certainly spent a long time eating, with <laughs> the farmers describing her as being an incredible... <laughs> <laughs> That's how they described me, too. <laughs> that is also my description. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Oh, we've come we've come up here with some heavy equipment and we've got this sheep in an, in an incredible slope, said rescuer and sheep shearer Cami Wilson on a mm. Facebook video. She's in in incredible condition. It was some job lifting her up that slope. Wilson had seen some media coverage of Fiona's plight and decided to come and help, saying now that now she is free. Now that she is free, she's going to a very special place referring to the farm park. And Aww. I don't think, I really don't think that she means like you know, <laughs> when people say they're going <laughs> to the farm. It's not, the, it's not like that. I think it's a real farm. They rescued her. Um, it's for reals. <laughs> Wilson is an agricultural media personality of sorts and runs the Sheep Game video blog where she <laughs> shared a local news about Britain's loneliest sheep and commented that it would be a great challenge for the weekend. A great challenge for the weekend is a quote and a half. <laughs> it is. Um, once he got her safe on a firm <clears throat> pasture again, Wilson took her to Dumfries and sheared her for national media at a farm park. Um, the fleece so large, it was almost a danger to Fiona yeah. in the same way turtle shell is dangerous to if it falls flat on its back. Um, we'll go 
to a special wool weaver where it'll be made into something for a charity auction. That's adorable. I thought so. <laughs> I feel like that's the best good news we've had in a really long time. <laughs> I know. Fat sheep rescued. Fat sheep rescued. Incredible condition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get myself that's a name like, tag. <laughs> that's like the nicest way to say someone is like not good. No. <laughs> or maybe, Incredible um, condition. We should make sweatshirts or merch that say incredible condition condition i agree all right well you heard it here first folks (laughs) merch merch (laughs) all right none of that allowed all right my new role models here we go second good news story for the day ready three friends over a hundred years old britain have revealed their secret to a long life which includes keeping boy nearby a what i'm sorry a boy toy oh boy <laughs> here we go daisy <laughs> strap daisy in 103 or strap on no, no strap oh. in <laughs> no <laughs> daisy 103 irene 101 and phyllis 103 mm, great names years old I think so. Mm. Uh, Say they still laugh and enjoy life to the fullest every day. Each woman has lived through their own fair share of triumph and torture, including world wars Mm -hmm. and loves lost. Mm -hmm. The three pals who all live in the same senior care home have now shared their advice on how to live for a century, including staying active and happy, treasuring family, fresh air and nature. Daisy Taylor turning 104 this month says that she made most of the most of every day and loves hanging out with her family around her to help her do this. We all meet, we all meet and we enjoy life. I look forward to it. I live life to the fullest. I'm always on the go and I don't like sitting around. Hmm. Sitting in a chair is not my scene really, but it's come to that now. She says, uh, even though staff at Manor Lodge help helps keep her busy. She has two daughters, one son, 10 grandchildren, and 23 great-grandchildren. Holy! And the staff in Climsford, Essex, says she loves activities. They say both Daisy and Phyllis people to attend their movement to music classes and to be able to participate fully. Yoga, dancing, cycling, I've always been into exercise, and mixing with people is is a nice thing. Daisy's husband whom she was married for 39 years, passed away at just 60. And oh, now she wow. brags that she has a, she's, she called a bo- a toy boy in a local care home who's 96. Oh my goodness. Daisy. <laughs> Scandalous. Scandalous. <laughs> Irene Rankin, who has always loved being outdoors, describes herself as easygoing, um, who gets on well with mostly everything. I liked in the fresh air along side in nature i'm looking for my the animals and the plants have always taken a fa- my fancy because they are living creatures she says mm-hmm. irene who worked in mach- worked with machines in upholstery the same job as daisy has always thrown herself into her hobbies and things that make her happy admitting there aren't many things she dislikes Captain of her school swimming team, Irene has always loved swimming and diving, cooking and gardening as well. But the Doris Day fan says one of her biggest loves in life is music. The Manor Lodge staff says that 
the joyful lady dances all the time. I like to sing in my own way. Music always brings back such lovely memories and I thoroughly enjoy it. Dancing, laughter, and joining in things I have always lived by. That's cute. The third pal, Phyllis, loves her knitting and still teaches people to knit even at 103 years old. Wow. Much like Phyllis has always been active. The mother of two from East London met her first husband at 18, but passed away shortly after their wedding after leaving the country to fight in the war. Phyllis raised her daughter on her own for four years before meeting Charles, who she endearingly named Red. (laughs) I was happily married for 73 years, and one of my greatest achievements was finding love again with Red. She was not the only mother who worked in many different fields, including running a laundry and ending up as a salesperson, retired when she was a youthful 80. Oh, my God. The grandmother of three says living and eating healthily is very important. I used to tell the children that they must eat their greens. <laughs> but it's just being with people that my and my family that makes me happy. Also, keep yourself warm in the winter. <laughs> uh, Phyllis says if she could live or she could give advice on how to live a long and happy life, it would be to be kind and optimistic. Positive attitude is the key to life. Nice. Those are so such cute little ladies. I thought so. Oh, that's precious. I I thought you, so. Yeah. I have a soft spot for for the older people. I know. It's just my thing. Uh, and I fully so I would love to meet them. But uh, same. Yeah. I don't live in Britain, so probably that's won't fair. happen. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. What a disappointment. <laughs> it's true. Um, uh, so we don't have little old ladies, uh, where we're going next. However, might have sheep though. I don't actually know. Probably. Cool. Maybe. It's okay. A mystery. You want to know why it's a mystery? Cause it's a secret tunnel. <laughs> secret, secret tunnel. tunnel. <laughs> and it really, it's, I would say it's more than a tunnel. It's a literal cave, but close enough for the title's sake, I would say. Sure. I would mm-hmm. say. So there's a lot of information that we're going to be talking about today. And it is barely scratching the surface of the all like all of the information and this is i would say that's also most of our podcasts but definitely today so we highly recommend that you check the links in our description if you find this interesting and you want to read more about it today we are talking about san duong which is considered the largest cave in the entire world based on volume and then also just the biggest cave in Vietnam in general. And, and I think, uh, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, correct mm-hmm. me, this episode was inspired by the Milk Cave yes. episode. Yes. And so go check that one out if you haven't listened to that one already, because that is yes. a cheese cave and a half. It's great. So Exactly. And I think that one is called, like, Everyone Needs a Cheese Cave or... Something, something like this is a cheese cave. Everyone related. loves a good cheese cave. Yeah, there like we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So definitely go check that one out. That this one is inspired by that because even though there's not cheese in here, there's a lot of other really cool things that we're gonna learn about. Precisely. <laughs> I would. It would be nice if they found cheese here, though. I thought so. Yeah. Secret cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyway, 
Sun Duong, which again, I'm sorry if we ever pronounce anything wrong. I'm doing my best. Um, but from now on, I'm just going to uh, uh, do my best with these other names. It was you found. You can do it. <laughs> it's really hard. It was found by someone by the name of Ho Khan, and he is considered the Jungle Man, <laughs> which yeah. I, I, a, a Fong Nya jungle man in 1990 i don't know um but in 2009 hong son duong was officially surveyed and measured by the british vietnam cave expedition team led by a howard limbert and this team announced uh this whole system as the world's largest natural cave at a volume of 38.5 million million m3 <coughs> which i think is supposed to be like m uh, superscript three, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, okay. The measurements were then accepted by a number of world senior karst geologists. I don't know what karst geologists are, including someone by the name of Dr. Tony Waltham. And this team, along with National Geographic magazine, because you know they got to dip their toes in this. Um, totally. Had announced that the cave as uh, had announced the cave as the largest natural limestone cave on the planet within the same year. So they found it. Um, they're like, ah, this is the largest natural cave by volume. And the National Geographic was like, oh, but it's also the largest natural limestone cave on the planet. So this cave is huge and also has tons of stuff in it. It's essentially its own ecosystem at this point. <laughs> it's just crazy. Wow. But in 2013, even the Guinness World Records, because again, they also have to dip their toes into this, recorded it in general as the world's largest natural cave blanketed uh, in that way. <clears throat> Many people mistook this cave, uh, the, um, the largest cave in the world with Mammoth Cave, which is another one, I think, um, which is the longest known cave system in Mammoth Cave National Park. Uh, and that, in fact, San Diong would be the largest cave passage, essentially saying that these two were connected and was just kind of like an offshoot of this mammoth cave is what I'm understanding. Or something of that nature. Uh, however, this article will clarify the misunderstanding that we found um, and also any additional exploration that has happened since. So it's not just an offshoot. It's its own thing. Cool. There, there you are. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Uh, um, so name origin, kind of, it's short, so I figured why not include it. But basically, traditionally, those who found the cave will end up naming it, of course. So Ho Khan, the original person who found it, and the expert team discussed and decided to call the cave Son Duong, which is a combination of two words, Son, which means mountain, and Duong, which means the name of the valley where the ethnic minority Bru Von Kyo lives, and the Thuong River coming from, or also means the cave in the limestone mountain with an underground river throwing fluid. It, it's its own environment, okay? <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mountainous... A cavernous ecosystem underground is essentially what this is saying. <laughs> but that's its name origin. 
it does have obviously very unique features one of which is that volume we've already talked about but also its total length is nearly nine kilometers long which makes the cave of course the longest largest natural cave on the planet as we've discussed and with this volume this cave is five times larger than Deer Cave, which is located in Malaysia, which is also said to be the largest natural cave prior to San Duang being discovered with 9.5 million cubic meters of volume. So it's still very big, but obviously not as big as 38 million. True. However, <clears throat> what makes this cave extremely special um, Recognized and well known by the world is the unique hidden underground world within the cave itself. It is very complex and giant stalactites over 80 meters high, primeval rainforests inside the cave. Again, its own ecosystem, which also means it has its own weather system, its own underground river that hasn't been explored there's so much it's almost like a world in our world and many mm -hmm. visitors admitted that this cave is like another world including Gin ginger z who's from abc news and good morning america explained that these sceneries in song duong were almost close to like the avatar movie in terms of what it felt and looked like interesting yeah it's i if you look at the photos and you see like the explorers in the cave compared to the wide shot it's yeah. it, they look like they're like little dolls in a giant like in a giant house it's oh, wow that's amazing yeah so this amazing cave also houses um passages uh the huge intricate cave system was created by this underground river and then filled of course with formations from the water that would percolate down from a rainforest above and um these other kind of highlights are described as follows hope and vision passage and this is one of the largest sections of the cave. From the beginning of the passage, you can see the light from Dolene 1. Dolene is defined as a shallow kind of funnel-shaped depression of the ground surface formed by solution in limestone regions. So it just has its specific name. Basically, you could see the light from Dolene 1, which is 1.5 kilometers away. It's pretty far. Estimated by cave experts that a 40-story skyscraper can fit in this passage and it is large enough for a Boeing 747 to fly through it, no problem. Oh my More, God. I know. Moreover, the world's tallest stalagmite, which we talked about briefly above, um, that 80 meters tall is located specifically in this Hope and Vision passage. So it's massive to say the least. Also, like we've touched on, there is that underground river. Um, it's a combination of water from um, On Cave and Ki Rai Cave. And these are the longest underground river uh, uh, that are already discovered. And the water comes from Vietnam slash Laos in their border area. And from the entrance of the cave, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to cross knee-deep rivers twice just to reach the Hope and Vision Passage. 
And there are emergency bridges in case of high water levels, of course, because you just never know. Uh, and small waterfalls along the way create loud rumbles under the cave. There's waterfalls in this cave. In the cave. In the cave. And of course, because there's so what's waterfalls. what's on top of stuff. the cave? Uh, land, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess. All right. It's crazy. Um, sometimes the cave is, of course, then filled with mist. Because think about it. If you have rainforests, you have humidity. You also have water and an internal weather system. Sure. So it's going to yeah. be foggy at times. And this underground river will disappear near Dolene 1, which is about 4.5 kilometers from the cave entrance. There's also Fossil Passage, which is located next to this underground river at a depth of 40 meters below the campsite, which is where all the explorers are going, of course. This passage is imprinted with corals, which have been fossilized hundreds of millions of years ago. And this passage also has a 17 to 20 degrees Celsius underground lake in which visitors can swim and relax if desired. Because why not? Right. Um, obviously, for safety reasons, you have to wear a life jacket and headlamps uh, so they could find you if you go under. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, however, most vis visitors say that swimming in this cold underground lake is one of the best experience that shouldn't be missed if you decide to go on an expedition down there. Uh, I won't, but feel free. <clears> okay. <throat> hey. So we're now getting into the Dolines. There's two of them. This first one uh, is the collapsed ceiling of Sondiong formed a big opening to the outside, which is what this Doline one is, or quote, skylight. So it's that impression um, in the funnel or the ground surface. Approximately 450 meters high from the top to the bottom, and this is also where the underground river will disappear like we talked about. On sunny days, there will be giant sunbeams coming in from about 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., particularly between January to March every year. And due to the solar orbit, the sunbeams shine deep inside the cave and will illuminate the large passages underneath. The beam from above the sky and the mist from the underground river create a majestic scene that can't be found anywhere else. And um, there's apparently Google Doodle has displayed this moment on its search homepage, which I was not aware of. I'm going to go look at that up right now. <laughs> feel free. And this is essentially where people said, oh, I feel like I'm an avatar um, when they see this kind of scene. Dolene 2 is called the Garden of Eden, <clears throat> and I guess we'll find out why. Uh, located about one kilometer from Dolene 1, this one has a primeval forest growing 200 meters deep inside the cave below that, those limestone mountains. So coming out of Dolene 1, you will see a small path leading to the forest with a big opening on the top. Dolene 2 allows a huge amount of sunlight to get into the cave, creating good conditions for many species of ferns, begonias, and large trees growing up along the path. You do have to trek for 30 minutes to cross the forest and reach the secondary campsite within the cave, though. So it's freaking crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So far, I've been on Google Doodle, and I have not seen that. Disappointing. Let me try one more thing. 
Maybe this is old. Also. Maybe. It could yeah, it very well could be. Maybe they don't save them after a certain period. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Um there's also something called cave pearls, which I've never heard from. Not that I go on a lot of Ooh. cave expeditions. <laughs> yeah. You don't? I, I mean no, you know, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> and by I tried, I mean I will never. Because <laughs> that's horrifying and I don't like tight spaces, but that's fine. Cave pearls form from drips of water from the ceiling of the cave that carries calcite carbonate and that will ripple Mm. down to the gore pools on the floor of the cave. I don't know why they're called gore pools, but I'm kind of afraid to look it up. They come in different sizes and shapes, of course, from as small as peas to as big as baseballs, which is insane. And the Sanduang cave pearls are naturally formed inside this pool and look gorgeous under headlamps, particularly on rainy days when water is running through them. These cave pearls are just ordinary calcium carbonate deposits that don't really have any value. Uh, Of course, they will also be discolored and a little bit plain when taken outside or left under direct sunlight as they will rapidly dry out. So they have to stay in this environment in order to exist, basically. Fun fact, gore pools are also rimstone pools, which are basically the cave version of a tide pool, from what I can gather from this brief Google search. Cute. Yeah. Love a good tide Um, pool. And it's just like the outside is made up of calcite and there's like little dams in between the little pools, which makes them, you know, smaller, look like tide pools, that kind of thing. That's so cute. Yeah. Ah. With little pearls in it. <laughs> and some of them, based on the pictures, mm-hmm. they look like they're kind of on the sides. You know, like water features where there's like water coming down. Mm-hmm. And then there's like all these little like pools where it like runs through. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that Aww. on the side of the cave. Beautiful. Yeah. That that sounds very majestic. I thought so. Ugh, I guess I'm going to go live in this cave now. <laughs> Well, it doesn't really seem like tight space, to be <laughs> fair. Sounds massive. Um, uh-huh. I think you'd have plenty of room. I think so. And they've already established campsites. So, you know. Yeah. Fine. Seems good. Uh, so moving on to another passage, uh, Paschendale Passage, uh, which I know I butchered. There is a 600 meter lake below the Great Wall of Vietnam, which we will also discuss. But when the expedition expedition team first approached the area, all of the water in the lake had drained out, leaving a hip deep muddy passage. The members of the team had to work really hard to go across this passage area. And it somehow reminded them of the movie uh, about a battle of passage Passage Dale in World War One, and the team decided to, of course, use that name uh, to describe this passage in the end. And uh, many other months of the year, or when it rains a lot, of course, the water will fill up this passage and form beautiful jade green lake. During the, these occasions, when the lake is full of water, tourists, of course, will use rafts or boats to go through the passage. But uh, if it's not rainy season, and it's fully dried up, you have yourself a mud pit. So enjoy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gross. 
And then, of course, the Great Wall of Vietnam. Uh, in April 2009, after nearly 10 days of exploration and surveying, the expedition team reached a giant calcite flowstone blocking all ways out and decided to return due to the lack of specialized equipment for climbing over this giant wall. Right after leaving Han Song Duan Cave, based on measured parameters, the expedition team announced San Duan as the largest natural cave. No one knew what was behind the large stalagmite at the time, therefore they just called it the Great Wall of Vietnam to describe its impressiveness. And that's <laughs> that's all the key notes of that. Love it. Yeah, I guess so. They're like, we don't know what else to call it. It's big, so that's what we're gonna say. I like it. That's perfect. Very perfect. So now, in terms of discovery and exploration, we've kind of already hit most of this. Um, so there's not tons to go over that's extra here outside of, you know, just kind of who was all involved and what they discovered and where they're from, I guess. Mm -hmm. So like we said, uh, it was described as the natural cave, the largest one in 1994. Uh, the expedition team had explored uh, the other two and realized that there must be a cave in between, which led them to this. And at that time, they had no idea what it would be like, of course. They had no parameters for what to expect. And Mr. Hokan uh, was a local man who was born and raised in the Sontrak commune. Uh, which is Bo Trak District or Kong Bin Province, Vietnam. Since he was a teenager, Ho Khan was a lumberjack, spending weeks in the jungle logging and poaching for very little income. And in 1990, on a trip to the woods while looking for auger wood, which was a very expensive plant, he encountered a thunderstorm and had to find shelter, finding a small cave entrance below a cliff. As he approached, he saw mist blowing out and heard the sounds of a roaring river inside. When he felt the strong cold wind blowing out, he decided to return without a further inspection. But as time passed, he thought that the cave was similar to many others found on his jungle trips and just didn't even bother to remember the exact location. Uh, rip to that exploration. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> In 2007, Mr. Howard Limbert and Miss Deb Limbert, uh, leading the members of the British Vietnam Cave Expedition Team, came to Phong Na and did some research and surveys of caves in the area. Based on the analysis of limestone topography, river systems, and fault lines, Howard predicted that there was a very large cave after the exit of that initial one, Hong In, but he didn't know the exact location of the cave either. Rip to that cave expedition. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then randomly, uh, Howard uh, and Ho Khan were in discussion, apparently, and coincidentally just discussed this one time he was out in the woods and felt this wind coming from the cave and was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, and they were really excited about it. But of course, not <laughs> he didn't know where it was. <laughs> Which oh my is god so unhelpful <laughs> so unhelpful um and it ended up sparking this huge search to try and like churn up the location of this mysterious cave and wouldn't um really give them much uh supposed to be forgotten in 2008 on a trip to the wood hokan just happened 
upon the cave entrance a secondary time in his life and was like, oh, it's this one. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Humans. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so this time, uh, learning his lesson, he carefully memorized the location and the route to the entrance uh, by orienting the mountains and the trees. And when he returned, he then tried to find a way to contact the expedition team and be like, ah, I found it. Ha ha. Just kidding. It's over here. <laughs> it's over here. <laughs> so random, right? Like, what the heck? We, You know what? If he'd never re-happened upon it, it would have been like a lost mystery forever, I'm sure. <laughs> so true. It's so true. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, on April 7, 2009, Howard led, led the cave uh, team in collaboration with Geography Department of Hanoi University of Science to survey this cave. And the first people stepping inside was Peter McNabb, a member of the British Vietnam Cave Expedition Team. And this was also the first time Ho Khan went actually inside the cave. Uh, in which the expedition determined that it was the largest cave in Vietnam with its own ecosystem. And that <laughs> is just the most um, uh, I would say it's the saddest discovery. <laughs> like, it, there's no epic quality. It's kind of a letdown. They're like, oh, that sounds familiar. And they're like, oh. It's the most like normal human way yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> exactly. discover something ever. Exactly. And then have to rediscover it because brain didn't brain it properly. And <laughs> Correct. But like that also leads me to believe that maybe there's other caves oh, in yeah. that area that are similar. So you wouldn't really know the... No expansiveness of this particular cave because yeah. it looks like every other cave it's true it's very true um so you never know and also um i i think it's interesting how many other organizations got involved as well um right obviously for good reasons because this was a huge discovery and it broke a lot of records and blew a lot of minds um, but we'll talk about those records in the second half. So I'm going to send them into a break. Sounds good. See you guys later. As you may know, we have all suffered from mainstream podcasts and live streams with good, reliable Wi-Fi. This has caused countless views and followers for these influencers and created large communities who engage regularly on their platforms. If you're tired of having quality sound, video, and overall material for consumption, we've got you covered here at Mediocre Content Podcast. Introducing Blair's Crappy Wi-Fi. Have your podcast editor in literal tears each time you try to record. With Blair's Crappy Wi-Fi, that's me, you will have to edit every few moments of absolute silence as Blair is constantly dropping from the call. You can even use Blair's crappy Wi-Fi on live streams and have your sound echo into the abyss and your video drop, preventing viewers from seeing or hearing you. Because why would they want to? To purchase Blair's crappy Wi-Fi, you can send your application to MediocreContentPodcast at gmail.com. Simply stating a time, Blair's crappy Wi-Fi has made your experience listening to podcasts and streams absolutely awesome. We look forward to hearing from you and good luck making it through the rest of this pod with, you guessed it, Blair's, Blair's crappy, crappy Wi-Fi. Wi Obviously, this is a fake ad, even though my Wi-Fi is, in fact, crappy. Feel free to email us all the same, but there's no way I'd be willing to give this crappy Wi-Fi to anyone, not even my worst enemy. Cheers! 
Welcome back to our secret tunnel episode. I hope you guys didn't do any spelunking during the break. <laughs> you know what? That's exactly what I did as soon as we stopped recording. <laughs> yeah, you put your galoshes on to do some spelunking. Yeah, my UGG galoshes like you have on. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you imagine all, how gross that would be? That, <laughs> I was gross. just about to say, this is, that is inappropriate. Yeah. That, Can't no. get them wet. Uh-uh. No. Rules. <laughs> every time i see it raining outside and i see someone in ugg somewhere i'm like you are breaking the law I... <laughs> and your feet smell terrible and your shoes are ruined and those are so expensive i know i know <laughs> i the same i'm like oh god she's in for it <laughs> she's and so in for it just, they'll never dry like, ma'am do you need some other shoes <laughs> <laughs> let me get you let, let's come over to the croc section i feel like that's more up yeah. your alley <laughs> yeah uh did you look at the weather before you got dressed I, that's really did you just open the windows before you got dressed yeah it's so true um Ugh. so let's talk world records okay we've already talked about I, I don't think we can say it enough how large this cave is okay it obviously won the guinness book of world records for you know being, being the large. largest cave. Yeah, being yeah. large. And I feel like that should also go to Fiona the sheep that we talked about. Oh my God. I <laughs> Just bringing it full circle. So right. I feel like she deserves that too. Um, so this cave made it in the Guinness book uh, April 30th, 2013 for obvious reasons. And you can go to their website if you wish and see all of these records and see the name in there if you want. In 2014, it was voted by New York Times as one of the 52 most attractive tourist destinations in the world. Uh, also makes perfect sense because it was new and shiny. I, have, I was going to say, I've literally never heard of this until we talked about it today. I mean, if we're dating ourselves, that makes sense, though, because we were like not global we were, right, we were babies <laughs> we were in baby. high school yeah, yeah. <laughs> um in 2015 the world's largest cave was filmed and live broadcasted on abc new abc news good morning america so it even made the news further especially in america Mm -hmm. In that same year, National Geographic magazine published a 360-degree photo series, an interactive website taken inside the cave, which sounds so fun and exciting. In 2019, DJ Alan Walker made a music video titled Alone P2 in Sondyong Cave and released it on YouTube December 27, 2019, and by October of 2022, this music video reached over 275 million views, and you can still go see this video of him in the cave. <laughs> Is it good? Uh, it's cool. I mean, okay. it's, it's a nice music video. I didn't watch it all the way through. I got a glimpse. I was like, ah, I got the message. But it's kind of like the pictures and everything, but I imagine... In order to get a full effect of this cave, you just have to go visit. Yeah, fair, fair. In 2020, uh, the cave was voted by Business Insider as one of the 20 outstanding natural wonders. I didn't even know there was 20. I thought there were seven wonders of the world. Now we're up to 20. Uh, you know, according fine. to Business Insider. Fair, yeah. Which has really no business. 
doing this in business general. insider has insider. zero business here <laughs> right in 2021 this cave uh had a 360 photo series again on national geographic and became a hot virtual reality tour in the world during the pandemic because people had nothing better to do obviously that's fair and they couldn't physically visit it because reasons and then as we talked about uh april 14th 2022 google doodle apparently honored the cave on its search page in 18 countries around the world of course including vietnam but also including argentina chile costa rica the dominican republic el salvador greece the republic of guatemala republic of honduras mexico republic of moldova romania singapore sweden thailand u.s virgin islands united kingdom and brazil so exciting and it's not currently on the google doodle website i checked so yeah so you missed it sorry (laughs) it's over uh now of course as we've talked about in order to kind of get a good view uh you might just want to go see it and if you do we have a little bit of a segment for the tourism part of this cave before 2011 caving tourism in fong na mainly focused on caves such as fong na tian sun uh thien duong dark which is just <laughs> that's it dark is the it name of the cave terrifying. <laughs> and uh muok eco spring on a large scale these tourist places welcome about 500,000 visitors every year and most of these tourists stay in big cities such as dong hoi Hue and Dong Nang after their visit. So local people did not have many opportunities to take part in tourism activities, which led to difficult living conditions due to unemployment, and many people had uh, to continue going into the forest for illegal logging and hunting, unfortunately. In 2013, the Song Duong Expedition Tour was approved, uh, and the adventure tour lasted for a duration of six days and five nights and was operated by OAC. OAC Ozalis adventure. There's an X in there. I never know what to do with it. The expedition immediately resonated around the world. And of course, major newspapers and Hollywood filming crews came to film and tell the news. San Duong has contributed to the promotion of Kong Bin as the world tourism destination. And from the effects of San Duong, many tourism services opened in the region. Other tours were just developed in general, and hundreds of homestays were built to serve tourists. Yay. Yay, I guess. <laughs> uh, Emmy Award-winning filmmaker Sid Peru traveled to Phong Na and San Duong and made a 40-minute documentary that you could probably still watch titled San Duong, The Cave That Built a Village, and Phong Na, uh, King Bang, in which many caves are located, is today the best cave tour destination in Vietnam for domestic and international tourists. Thanks to that, the living standards have thankfully gotten better. And of course, as we talked about, there's tons of other caves that were also positively affected. Um, So if you'd like to go visit, it is now um, totally fine to do so. You'll have to look into the specifics, of course, because you have to go with a team, I believe. Um, But it's also benefiting now the areas in which the caves are in, which is uh important i would say yeah local economy important. yes and mm-hmm. so obviously this cave now has a lot of value in general uh the core values in general for the company um 
<clears throat> excuse me, that was launched in 2014 with the expedition team are safety, conservation, of course, and community involvement. And they are now supporting Phong Nha in particular and Vietnam overall and um, other tours and services in the region have opened and are available to you with hotels and homestays in the area as well. Beautiful. So I would suggest you go check it out if you're that kind of person, if you're a traveler, if you're a caver, if you're into just really cool experiences. Sounds like it might be the case for you and you can string along all the other ones we mentioned into your trip. Yay. Yeah, and thus, um, this concludes uh, the Secret Tunnel episode. Secret Tunnel. <laughs> you gotta sing it one more time. Secret Tunnel. It's just good stuff. I, again, this is so, like, skimmy, and uh, it had a lot of similar information throughout, but I truly do believe, you know, if you're really interested in this cave or in others in the area, because there are tons Highly recommend you check out the links in our description and see the photos, look at the music video, uh, the documentary is available. It's very cool um, if you're into this kind of thing. And I'm, I love a good cave. I will never go visit, I, it, but <laughs> I do yeah. love a good cave. I, I think we should go see the cheese caves. Oh, that one I will definitely go to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this one seems like quite the expedition just to get there not to mention the expedition you have to take to go into the cave and also we i would like to say technically speaking this is still fairly new i mean we still have things in 2022 that have come out about this cave um true so it's still a very new thing they haven't explored everything which we did talk about i'm curious um i didn't see anything and maybe i didn't search deep enough but i didn't see anything too specific on like the wildlife or the insects or anything that they were Hmm. finding that you know what because if it's its own ecosystem there's got to be something you know crawling around in there sure so I'm very curious if they're like discovering new species, um, if they are finding species that aren't usually in Vietnam, but they're in this cave because the conditions are conducive for it. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, what kind of funguses are there? Um, yeah, just what's in the river? Oh, who's in there? You know, I want to know who's in your river. Um, so if you're interested in that, go for it. Do your own research. I'm curious too. Uh, and, um, I guess we could tell them how to do, like, send us yes. your research. <laughs> yeah. I want to read your or research. maybe we'll do, like, a follow-up good news or something Oh, we later. could. Yeah. Yeah. We could. Um, okay. So, I'm going to wrap this thing up. Shall I? <laughs> Shall <All right>. you? <laughs> okay. Uh, feel free to send us an email with any questions, comments, concerns, or episode topic suggestions at podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram or TikTok at Meaner Content Podcast or catch up, catch up with us every other Thursday on Twitch. Once this episode comes out, it's going to not be that Thursday. It'll be the Thursday after, I think. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so every other Thursday on Twitch at Meaner Content Podcast at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or at 11 p.m. BST. Uh, don't forget to rate us five stars anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
we'll take four stars too if you really feel like we need it uh we'll see you next week and that is all cheers <laughs> cheers <laughs> Thank you.